to the final Doctor Supercoach podcast for the season as it goes along. I'm joined this week by Pistol. I'm, of course, JB. And Pistol, we're going through the final ins and outs as we prepare for our grand finals in Supercoach. It's massive. It sounded like you choked at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but yes, it is massive. Um, Are you not my intro? And welcome to you too as well. I was practicing that all day in the shower. Yeah. It I had a day-long like shower just practicing. <laughs> I'm very um, clean. How did you go this week, JV? Well, I mean, look, everyone has a bad week each year. There's at least one week where you could go through your your ranking and, and say, this is where I dipped the most. This is this is the one that cost me the the nugget. And, <laughs> the 50K. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I saved that week for prelim week. <laughs> I... <laughs> I captained Crips, I had Sicily, I had Crouch, I had pretty much every premium that went badly. I had Duncan who had like 100 at half time and ended up in 75 somehow. Um, so my PODs just did not fire. My captaincy was the first, it's the first time I've not had, I think, 115 plus from a captaincy this season, which is, wow, it was a pretty good run as well, but it's now over. Thanks, Crips. So um, I dropped 80 places, which is my first drop since I think round eight or something, um, and fell to rank 188. So, look, it's not all doom and gloom. I'm still ranked fairly highly, but with two trades in the bank going into last week, I could taste top 100 ranked at 108. So I'm a little disappointed, but the dream is not over, Pistol. So there's still another week to make up my losses from last week and with two trades in the bank compared to a lot of people's hopefully zero <laughs> fingers crossed for zero i could get a couple of duds out on my team so um yourself how did you track last week i also had that captaincy stinker but uh, i guess the difference between you and i is that i've had many captaincy stinkers throughout the <laughs> entire season i think this is my fourth sub or fifth sub 100 captaincy score so sub 100 I'm, yeah I'm, i've been quite consistently good at picking Dangerfield's bad games to captain him so um, I'm not shocked that when I decided to captain Cripps for the first time this season it, it went 85 um, oh my gosh he we didn't know but he was in hospital um, before the match um, with an infection and he was I think he said like he probably wouldn't have played if his whole family and friends didn't fly down for his 100th game from Western Australia to watch him so you know he wasn't at his best we didn't know this uh, we both captained Crips, which was not good at all. Uh, may have talked each other into it as well. So um, that was awful. So finished with a, a 2-3, 6-3. So not great. Um, and I did manage a, another, I guess, larger fall um, to 1300th overall. So only about, I think it's like 91 or so points out of the, the top 1,000. Um, so I don't know, might, might still make it uh, this week, but... Yeah, not feeling too flash about that at the moment. Well, fingers crossed for you because I think we have lofty goals here at Dr. Supercoach. I mean, mine was top 1,000 and I think if unless you know all my players are late out for this last round, I, I should get that. Um, and obviously you'd have something similar and you know just sitting on the outside looking in at the moment. But you know that's that's a strong goal to set being in the top you know 0.5 percentile of the whole entire competition that plays it. So. Pretty crazy seasons, I think, from both of us. Um, do we have any final Cancer Council donation? Maybe not final. Um, final prior to the season ending. 
definitely not final before the season because um, I'm waiting in case I get it laid out. So I still have to add my donation. Um, we do have one here from Mr. Chizo with a Z. He says, uh, donating for the slack bet with uh, Marshall. Um, and he bet on um, Grundy less than 110 last week as well. So he had to cop up. And we have another donation from the legendary uh, Michael Weber. He says, paying my dues for my bet with the doc. Um, I think this may have been an FPL bet, actually, on uh, Callum Wilson outscoring Ooh, So the Mo Cancer Council's drifted into other sporting codes. I like to hear that. <laughs> it is. It's hopefully going to rack it up uh, throughout the FPL season as well. Maybe maybe a bit more slowly, but um, still good. All the, all the money is great for the Cancer Council. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this week, and maybe there'll be some laid outs that catch some people by surprise. So we'll have to wait and see. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> Speaking of laid outs, catching people by surprise, uh, in terms of carnage, there's not a lot this week. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of point going through team by team as essentially to summarize it. Uh, Kyle Dunkley's out, so we lost the midfield backup, but Dylan Clark is in, so we gained one. And then uh, Jeremy Cameron is in to chase that Coleman medal, and um, Toby Green is out. So Toby Green being the biggest out, pretty much everything that we say in the next 20 minutes in terms of trading players out, Obviously, if you've got a zero, a layout, Toby Green, someone like that, they take, obviously, front center in terms of who we should be trading out. So um, if you have him, obviously, we'll be going through, I suppose, a couple of good options to trade into this week. So um, just pretty much assessing the teams and who they're playing. Um, let's make some bold predictions on who we can take a one-week flyer on. All right. What position do you want to uh, start with? Uh, we should... We'll start with the back. We'll go with uh, defense. Uh, do you have anyone in mind who you would trade out for this week? And don't you dare take my one. I mean, the really super obvious one yes. is Sicily. Yes, because so, I've done no, no research. Is it so please don't. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious, really. Okay, so for the reasons being, um, first of all, that they've got a, a tough matchup in West Coast in Perth. Uh, secondly, they don't really have any forwards, Hawthorne, so the chances of Sicily playing forward are probably not that high, but considering Jared Roughhead has been replaced by Daniel Howe and Jack Scrimshaw, neither of which play a strong marking forward. Um, no Mitch Lewis, obviously, he's still uh, suffering a, a little injury. Right now, they've got Tim O'Brien and Jack Gunston as their two forwards, which you know likely two big forwards, but they've got Ben McAvoy in a pocket, so you, know, you, n- you never know with these team lineups. I think there's a small chance Sicily goes forward, and I'm not even, not even thinking for a second that I want to be taking that risk. Well, given it's uh, the Supercoach Grand Final week with Sicily, it can win you your match or lose you your match. So, you probably don't want to leave your Grand Final result in the hands of Sicily. So, if you do have a trade, just removing the people with the lowest floor is probably a, a safe bet. Yep. And even playing in defense last week, he was only able to muster up a, a score in the 50s. So um, not exactly safe to go big, even if he does play that true defender role. So um, only one big score out of his last feels like 20. So I think he's the quite obvious pick to be trading out. Um, do you have any other defenders that you're going to be looking at to trade out? Maybe someone in poor form, low ceiling, as you said, or sorry, low floor, as you said, or with a tough matchup this week? Uh, probably not. There's, I mean, 
I'm not really going to trade out Jake Lloyd. He probably just gets like 80, 90, 100, something like that. He's got a high floor, so he's not somebody that I'd look to trade out, even though he's not in great form himself. Um, Daniel Rich does not have a good fixture at all. But again, he's someone that has a pretty high floor, so I feel like it's not you don't get that much value in um, trading him out. Maybe somebody like Brody Smith, I know he's in good form, but he's got the Bulldogs who are in absolute amazing form, and he has a really low floor as well, so he could definitely ruin you. If you're one of those few teams that took a flyer on Darcy Byrne-Jones after a seven last week, would you rage trade him out of your side? No, I feel like Port have to do the business against Fremantle this week and they, they're at Adelaide Oval where he scores well and he's going to bounce back. Well, he has to. <laughs> so he will he bounce score back. score less than seven, let's be honest. <laughs> no, he can't. So who, which type of players are you looking at trading Sicily to, JB? Okay, well, this one I feel is also very obvious. A man who hasn't left his state in, I think it's seven weeks now and probably won't leave it for the rest of the year and that's Bachar Hurley. Uh, someone who literally has scored over 100 every single week this season at the MCG. Um, I think I'm correct there. Well, did he have a 95 at one point? No, he had a 93 against Geelong. Okay, I was incorrect there. But that is his only sub-ton for the season at the MCG. Uh, comes up against a, an okay matchup, but um, just that MCG factor, Brisbane Lions aren't exactly the tightest tagging sort of team. They don't. I mean, they don't exactly limit opposition halfbacks that we know of so I think it's pretty comfortable um, trade-in for this week so either of the GWS boys against Gold Coast um, if you don't have them they're both probably going to score really really well so Zach Williams or Lockie Whitfield I'd, mm-hmm. I would look to get um, additionally maybe if you have limited funds uh, Stewart against Carlton is probably a safe bet to just score decently um, playing at GMHBA Stadium and my I guess POD for the last week if you really lacked funds is uh, would still side bottom out um, I do think Pies will get the job done against the uh, the Dons and Jack Crisp may have uh, an increased responsibility with that that out because um, still went out and uh, Darcy Moore came in so I think uh, Crisper is possibly uh, at least has a chance of scoring really well in that final week just out of curiosity, uh, Shannon Hearn owners have suffered through a five-run average of 86. Uh, although he did turn up last week with 104, he was on 115 earlier in the last quarter, and then obviously did did not do enough for the scorers to want to put him up from there. They actually took him down 11 spots. So um, would he be one? Even though he's got the home ground advantage this week against Hawthorne, would he be one that you you would look to trade out or at least warn people off of trading in? Um, and I'll also, just on a random note, I think he's a chance to get rested, being an old man playing on a hard stadium. Uh, I guess I, I probably, I probably wouldn't. Oh, I don't even know if I would get. It depends on how much money you have. Um, he's safer than Crisp. Um, and he's probably only would get him more than Sicily. Yeah, but I probably would. I, I feel like yes, he's only average eighty six in the past month. He looked really good last week, and against Hawthorne, um, I feel like that's a side he should score well against, especially their forwards that he will have to play against are probably not the most experienced players. He so, scored one hundred and four against him in round fifteen. They only played a couple of months ago, actually. That was his uh, his second game back from that injury. Yeah, I feel like it's a great, good matchup. It's at Optus as well, so um, and they need to win. 
Uh, so I think he's probably com- going to be completely fine as a, a pick this week, JB. Yep, I like all those points. Now, uh, let's go into the midfield and try and assess some options that we'd look to trade out. I think there are a host of options that people would like to trade out this week. Um, there's been quite a few underperforming midfielders, to say the least, for the season. I think the most obvious one, uh, you mentioned it earlier, Crows, I don't think are going to have a good time against Western Bulldogs. So if you have either of the Crouch brothers uh, coming up against the Bulldogs team that do enjoy over-possessing the football and, and keeping it away from the opposition's midfield, I think uh, that is a chance of happening this week, and uh, I, for one, would definitely be jumping off of the low floor of Matt Crouch. He's done my head in this season. It's been um, so bad. He's easily, easily on my never again list. My starting midfield this year was so bad. I do <laughs> not know how I got to where I am. I had Matt Crouch, Cornelio, um, Brad Crouch, and uh, Angus uh, Angus, and Angus Brayshaw. We've got to save God. this for the next podcast. Don't reveal Dude. too much. <laughs> oh, and then I traded in Rockliffe at the beginning. My God. I mean, I did warn you against bad. that if we're, if we're being honest here. Well, it doesn't matter. I still messed you up. Still Any- did it. <laughs> you definitely did. I don't know. This is, uh, yeah, recovered well. Let's put it that way. But um, I think Sloan and Matt Crouch, I'd, I'd probably get rid of the, the low. I mean, Matt Crouch just has been like really good and really bad. It's so hard to predict what he's going to do next, but I don't like him. He's not in my good books at the moment. Um, what about Mitch Duncan, who's rocking like a really low five and three round average, but he has Carlton this week. Would you consider ditching him? So, no. I mean, he's he's had pretty much two good quarters every single game uh, in the last month. Although his three round average is 86, five round is 98, he still has really good halves and quarters at a time. It's just when he tends to go a little bit missing here or there, but I, I think against Carlton, it's kind of hard to go missing for a large period of time. I think he'll be amongst the action for most of the day, and I don't expect anything crazy. I wouldn't recommend trading him in against Carlton, but um, I think 110 is definitely within the realms of possibility. I would be surprised if he didn't go around that range. So someone that was, uh, or I guess still is averaging 103, and at some stage of the season was averaging 113, JB, Luke Parker now boasts a five-round average of 80 and a three-round average of 75. Uh, would he be somebody that you'd be trading out before he plays Saints at home? This is funny. So I'm actually trading Luke Parker in this week. Whoa. Um, so to get Sicily to Julia, I need a bit of a cash enabler. And um, having Matt Crouch as well, I really want to get rid of that guy. So I'm kind of getting that cash by trading Crouch down to Parker, who... I think at worst scores the exact same as in whether it's good or bad, and then I'm getting at least another 50 points from the Sicily to Hooli trade. So um, that's my justification. Parker is just so cheap. If you're trading him out, I, I don't even know which way you're sending him. Um, but the matchup against St Kilda generally is a decent one for midfielders. Jack Steele, I'd imagine, would go to Josh Kennedy, and uh, Luke Parker hopefully has one of those games where he, he sort of bounces back. He's, his last few weeks, they haven't been great, obviously, for a premier midfielder. But they haven't been, well, I think his last two weeks maybe, uh, just haven't been the worst that you've seen. No, I don't like it at all, JB. I wouldn't <laughs> be uh, jumping on somebody with no form going into the last week of the year. I'd rather, if you have cash in the bank, doing like a Matt Crouch to an Elliot Yo only costs you, you know, that 40k and Elliot Yo's in amazing form and playing at home. Um, that would be something I'd definitely strongly lean to. I, I don't think I mean, I'd be... advise taking... taking Parker. Oh, no. I, just... Even I'd rather 
do you have any cash in the bank? <laughs> I've got like $20,000 in the bank. It's like kind of just not enough. I don't know if I'd rather Yo and Crisp or Hooli and Parker. That's a tough one for you to decide after the podcast. I've decided. Um, <laughs> Parker's going to score 150 this week. Um, what about ditching somebody like Zach Merritt where Collingwood's midfield bossed Essendon's last time and he only scored in the 80s? Um, he's been on a tear lately. Do you think it's uh, worthwhile considering ditching him? I think form kind of trumps all in these situations and um, the Bombers out were quite significant. So no Dyson Heppel, no Zaharakis, no Jake Stringer. Um, if they're going to even be a chance in this game, then I think Zeret has to do some pretty wild things. And Collingwood don't tag. So I'd assume he'll be free to just ton up. I don't think he's going to go crazy, like go one big big 120 plus. But he, I think if you've got him as your worst problem in your team, then you're probably ranked higher than I am. So, so you're saying form over fixtures? Not, not necessarily over <laughs> fixtures, but... Sometimes the form is good enough. I mean, like you said, his his last few weeks have been crazy. He's got a three-round average of 111, and that was after 104 this week. So um, even five-round of 108, both, both of his three- and five-round average is higher than his season average. So i just say against Collingwood, I think the whole midfielders can't score well against Collingwood has kind of been relaxed in the, you know, in the second half of the season. And Merritt, I just feel like you're... You'd expect a hundred plus from him, and if you got any less, then it'd be a huge disappointment. Whereas, if Matt Crouch scored less than a hundred plus, then I'd be pretty much bang on expectations. So, if you're expecting to get a hundred, uh, he's the same price as Matt Crouch, JB. Um, so, if you're looking at maybe doing a, a Sicily to Stewart and Crouch to Zeret, that might outscore your Luke Parker option. Just throwing it out there for you to consider. No, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's move on to the rucks. Yeah, I mean, we might... Uh, look, it's it's something worth discussing. If you've got Max Gorn, who did go off with an injury last week, um, haven't he's obviously playing this week, as as far as we know, and has, the I think, the second game of the round? Third. Third game of the round this week, so we're going to know pretty early if he's a late out or not, so hopefully before we pull, our, pull the trigger on all our trades. Um, besides that, it's a, it's a 20... K jump from Gorn to Goldstein and Gorn would have you know scored quite well if he didn't have that injury so I don't think you'd be pulling the trigger there um, I think the only reason you'd want to pull the trigger on a ruck move is potentially if you had someone that isn't Grundy and Gorn and or Goldstein like you, you wouldn't be trading any of the big three this week okay so let's pretend for a second that uh, Gorn is a laid out for some reason and Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't afford that 20k to, to Goldstein. Which Ruckman would you be considering? That's that's a good question. Um, uh, so I, I'm just scrolling through the matchups here as I haven't really considered Rucks for the week. So that that is, is obviously a good question. Stefan Martin has Toby Nank. Oh, is Nank not back? Hold up. He, yep. So it's just Ivan Soldo. So there's no Nankovic this week. Yeah, maybe I'd go Stefan Martin against Richmond and the other option, I suppose, Jared Witt's coming off a good week. He has GWS, but Mumford, Mumford is back, so that's kind of scary. I was going to be like maybe Riley O'Brien, but Sam Jacobs uh, I don't think will be dropped, so that kind of doesn't help even though he's up against Tim English. Um, no. Another one to consider 
maybe a bit of an outside the box pick, but I've always been a fan. Um, and that's uh, Reese Stanley against Carlton at GMHBA. Um, he's always uh, okay to pull out a small ton every now and then. So <laughs> depends on what you want to do with the money, but really, um, let's think, see what I think happens. You just try and get the twenty k ideally. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I, I should say though. If you do have two trades, uh, like JB does in this case, I would only use one if you can to get rid of um, a player and then like hold the others for a late out that might be coming for as long as you possibly can. Like, Don't go and spend your two trades before Friday and then there's a late out on Saturday and you can't reverse trades and you just ruin your own grand final. Additionally, kind of strategy-wise, if you want to hold one trade um, and you're happy enough with your team, you just like see how you're going in the grand final and then if you're like losing or um, something crazy happens in when it comes to like the final match or second final match where people have a lot of players, you can do like a sneaky sideways trade for one of your primos and just like go for the win. Um, something like that to try and you know trick your opponent. Also, um, in grand final strategy, I imagine most people have Grundy VC, so I'm not going to go against that. Um, but there is, uh, I guess, a benefit of letting seeing what your captain takes for a captaincy score before you do. But I don't know if that's going to be helpful this week when Grundy's a, a pretty, I guess, safe pick. I mean, he's going to be rocking against Bell Chambers and Tom Jock. Who? Tom Jock. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's debuting this week, Tom Jock. Okay. So wait there. Wow. That's yes. it's pretty funny that Zach Clark is um out and like imagine if Gorn's out and then all those people with Zach Clark <laughs> You're funny. talking about me right now. Oh. Yes. No, I mean it'd still be funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, we're going to move on to the forwards now, and uh, I'm looking at the top ones. There's, I mean, pretty much all of the top forwards are in form. Now, the only thing that I'd be concerned about is that is if there is any way that we could, should, or can get James Warple into our teams against West Coast. I know he's got like amazing form. Well, that's but, the thing. Is form trumping the fact that they've got West Coast this week? He's he's got a three round average of one hundred and forty. Only Josh <laughs> Dunkley is beating that in the forward line, and Josh Dunkley is essentially is not even a forward. I mean, not I as Warple, but you know what I mean. Look, he has dominated. Um, I will I'll certainly give him that. He killed North Melbourne, and he's killed Gold Coast both at Marvel Stadium. Um, he I mean, they, well. they tried to tag him last week, and he still scored 142. Yeah, but dude, would you rather get him, or would you rather get like Marshall against Sinclair? I have Marshall. Okay, well, we're not talking about you anymore. Um, <laughs> like all of Dunkley, Marshall, Dangerfield, Boak, and Tim Kelly, I think have like much better matchups than Warple. Like, you know, Boak they need to win. You've got Geelong against Carlton; they should both score really well. well. Dun- Isaac Dunkley, I know, I know, he's got St Kilda. Um, but it's a 70k jump and you might be getting an extra 30-40 points the thing is like Heaney has been quite good he's got a 5 round average of 100 like don't forget that before this 78 which was at the MCG he'd just gone 116, 119, 105 in his 3 prior to that yep. so against Saints at the SCG hopefully he should put up um decent numbers you'd think right yeah no I'm glad you came with that rebuttal because I'm actually confident in Isaac Heaney um, well, and I think a lot of people are having cold feet 
on him for this week. Those with trades are, you know, sort of earmarking him as one of the ones to trade out. But he has had a good month, and um, even with the seventy-eight this week, he was looking better early and then just sort of tapered off um, and, towards the end. And don't forget that Buddy's back this week, so that might help his scoring. Um, if he it might gets... make it worse, I like it, it him might. one out in the forward one. So Buddy, in his three hundredth game. They've got nothing to play for. Surely they, you know, just try and let him kick 10 goals, um, kind That's of good point. rough head style. So do you think, you know, he's he's done this before in grand final week. Uh, if you were, had Toby Green, would you even consider a, a, a buddy in? Maybe as a, I guess, how you want to end your season in style or not, if it's just go out with a bang. I mean, he'll either kick 10 or he'll do a, a soft tissue in the first, like, 10 minutes. So you'll know pretty early as, as if is if he's whether if he's going to have a good game or not. Um, three hundred pretty fun though. K. It's, oh, it's it, fun. It's a fun move. So it's like fun. I mean, if I was if I was out of my grand finals and playing for ranking and just trying to take a, a stab at someone who might vault me up a, a couple of thousand slots, definitely. Um, if you look at your grand finalist uh, or your grand final opponent. And you think he's got you covered? Maybe you know you've been unlucky. You've you know, I can't I can't even think of a scenario in which you know that your grand final opposition has you covered at this point. But if for some reason you think he's got you, or it's a last ditch sort of trade effort, is this is this the second game of the round? God, I'm Se- arguing against myself game. right yes. now. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, it's fun. It's just fun. That's that's all it is. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think his chances of getting a hundred have probably never been higher. <laughs> considering so let's jump into the uh, captaincy choices for this week because uh, I guess it would be make or break for some teams but (laughs) okay give me your top this is actually hard because I was going to say like top three VCs but if you say if you say Grundy kind of uh, kills the rest of the questions but whatever let's just, just tell me your best captaincy choices overall don't tell me VC or VC just just random order of captains that you like. All right, thank you for structuring that question so awkwardly. Yeah, um, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll start with Brody Grundy. I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, Tom Bell Chambers is obviously no slouch in the ruck, but I just think he would just he would just beat him around the ground. He would just beat him everywhere. He's the best ruck in the comp. Very safe vice captaincy option. Um, the last time Gorn played against Goldstein, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, th- I know both of them went. 170 plus maybe it was the last time they both played it in Hobart yeah Hobart. okay so that that's the one um, they both went 170 plus that's where they play this week they've got each other again both in hot form um, I don't think either will be playing I, I don't think Gorn will tag like he did against Grundy the other week um, so it should be a lot of fun to watch him play I think he he's my second option and then Dangerfield against Carlton as Geelong try to get that top spot try to get some percentage um, I think that is going to be a good game. I, I hope what happens is they plop Dangerfield right on Patrick Cripps and then let them go head-to-head for the day a la Fife first Dangerfield a few years ago. So, um, yeah, I think Dangerfield is probably your third best. All right. That seems all reasonable to me. I'm not going to argue against <laughs> the Grundy VC because that would be silly. Um, I, I guess you could go Buddy VC if you really wanted to have some fun. I wanted to get him in, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, let me just read you off 
um, McRae's last three scores at Mars Stadium, JB. Okay, yeah. Might I'm, surprise I'm you. You're on this already. Okay. No, no, I, I, I'm aware that he goes crazy there, but I'm looking forward to it. All right. His last three are... 189, 147, and 135. Yep, so that's, that's, that's not that's bad. A, that's a three-round average of 157 at that stadium. So he's good. He's in good form as well. Adelaide are not good. So I'm thinking this is a 140-plus week for Jack McRae. I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident that Dunkley probably also matches him, to be honest, because Dunkley's in ridiculous form. But... At this moment in time, I am backing in McRae as uh, Captain C should uh, Grundy fail to go 130 this week, I think. Yep, I love that. I reckon that's a very, very good shout as well. Now, um, does that wrap us up, essentially? Um, I've got a couple more things I want to talk about, but is that good for captains and trades for you? I believe so. All right, so quickly, I'm just going to give a couple of shout-outs. Firstly, as it's probably going to be one of the last... well the last podcast episode that a lot of people listen to for the season. Uh, I want to shout out a few ranks in the community and a few league ranks as well. So uh, shout out to the three people in the Dr. Supercoach community in the Slack uh, that are in the top 20. Um, Obviously, three of these are going to carry over to the next stat, but we have five inside the top 35 as well. So good luck to you guys this week. You're still in a puncher's chance, I think. Um, I don't think the leader has that much of a a gap, but look, you. I mean, even if you can get into that top 10, get yourself a bit of prize money. That's amazing. 16 of our Patreons are sitting inside the top 500 at the moment. I'm one of them, Pistol, so shout out to myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then we've got the league. So uh, rank second, Dr. Supercoach Community League number nine. Big shout out to those guys uh, having a massive season. Hopefully they can get top spot. Third, we have a uh, just a community league as well. Um, so that's a big shout out to them as well. Fourth, we've got the admin league. So uh, that pretty much summarizes how most of our seasons have gone thus far. So the admin league up there at fourth. Uh, we've got another one in 10, which is a slack league. Another one in 13, which is a slack league. And another one in 23, which is uh, the rivalry league, the top Patreon tier to get uh, into that. So we've, I mean, it's safe to say we've had a big year I mean, what is, that's one, two, three, four, five, six leagues inside the top 23. Um, namingly, four inside the top 10 is massive. We've pretty much dominated that space for a lot of the season, which we don't usually do. We don't usually go for those big league ranks, but it's good to see the, t- the leagues up there so we can give a big shout out. Um, and that essentially wraps up the ranks. So now I'd like to just give a few big thank yous. Firstly, to our Patreons for supporting the podcast for the season every single one of you. I think we've managed to chat with individually probably 99% of them. All of them just amazing people. Again, thank you to them and the community for tuning in all year and donating so much to the Cancer Council, which is just something that I think it's an understatement to say that we have a tremendous amount of pride in that and the community for just getting around it as they have. Another big thank you to yourself, Pistol, and Chizo for joining myself on the mic as often as you have this year. It's, it's been a good one. Um, a shout-out to next week. I think we're going to get another podcast out, uh, pretty much recapping our decisions for the season. Some that we made that were good, some that we made that were bad. Hopefully something that we can listen to at the start of next season and take our own advice, Pistol, which I don't think a lot of us do well. <laughs> it's just take our own advice. 
Uh, and that essentially wraps it up for me. So do you have any big... Sh- oh, lastly, sorry, Lahug for producing the captain's article season on season. Uh, he just gave us the last one uh, ever from him. So that's going to be a tough way to fill next season as well, the captain's article, which has been huge. So uh, that's it from me, Pistol. Do you have any last words? I do. A couple of things, actually. Um, I wanted to say especially thank you to everybody in Slack for making a, such a welcome community, you know, just seeing people being able to share, you know, some of their life um, events that have happened in the, the past couple of weeks and everyone getting around them and celebrating, you know, it's just, you know, good good mates uh, supporting each other in their, you know, real life as well as their super coach teams. Um, it's yeah, truly unbelievable. And uh, speaking of the patron, we, we're going to uh, open it up for free, JB, in uh, October onwards. Yep, yep. That's, that's um, so a big announcement right at the end of the podcast. That is a big announcement. So from uh, October, November, December, we will turn off um, the charging to the patrons. So um, anyone who wants to just check it out, get into Slack, um, chat with the, the people in there and see what it's like, uh, I highly recommend that. Maybe you listen to some patron-only podcasts that were done throughout the season and some of the posts as well. Um, I think if you are somewhat interested but you didn't get around to at the beginning of the year and you're waiting for the next season, uh, just jump on in um, and, and have a check around. So, uh, yeah, ch- check that out from, from October onwards and that will um, include the FPL patron-only podcasts which uh, I've been doing and um, everyone so far, I mean two game weeks in, have, have been, uh, I'd say, very successful to start their uh, <laughs> fantasy Premier League campaigns, JB. Just quickly and, as well, um, yes. two, two things on that. Firstly... Um, jumping in for free, you still get your shout out on a podcast, so we will we'll still provide that, even if you do cancel it before we start charging again, which is January. And again, just quickly, uh, the start of next year's, sorry, next season's Super Coach is generally mid December, so you will still get a couple of weeks of essentially discussion, chit chat, yeah. advice, whatever it may be. Uh, we'll obviously be smashing out a lot of you know tinkers, a lot of different teams around then. So you get to see what it's really about when it's up and about and you'll get to see what it's like when it's in the off-season as well and a lot of people talking about, you know, trade period and that. So hopefully it's a lot of fun and I'll shut up now. You can continue. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, I did want to say, I won't actually announce, uh, the winner of the Dr. Super Coach Cup, JB. Can't believe you were going to forget that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I I cannot believe you forgot that. I'm a horrible host. I don't know what to say. (laughs) The grand final was between uh, Blur's Kings and LT Fables. And the result was Blur's Kings 1, 2, 4, 3, 5, defeated uh, LT Fables 2, 3, 8, 9. So congratulations to Blur's Kings. You survived even the qualifying round. So you survived all eight matches uh, to take home the Dr. Supercoach Cup, which is being sent your way. You already have your um, Indigenous jersey prize. Um, so can't wait for you to uh, take some happy snaps with the, the trophy so we can get, the, get that up on a couple of our pages. And uh, it goes without saying that that will be running next season as well. And that that was just so much excitement, so much buzz in the Slack, especially early days when everyone was involved in that. That was as really, I, I think that got more buzz than what we expected going into the season. It was sort of something that we wanted to throw in and, and give a little bit back to the Slack, even though I, I don't think we even needed to really throw it in there to generate you know people coming in. And it really went crazy, and I enjoyed being a part of it as well. I took out a few teams before I got done in, so I think Blows Kings is the one that defeated me, actually. <laughs> well, um, it actually all came down to, to Matt Crouch. Uh, LT Fables needed him to go 102 or more to win, and he went 56, so ouch. 
Sorry, I'm just checking if Blues King actually defeated me because then I can be okay with my defeat. Hold on. Okay. Well, we'll uh, also in the meantime while you scroll to that, um, I guess <laughs> we can also give uh, a shout out to Hammond's Hacks who defeated G Wiz in the third place playoff. Um, okay. Yep. Hammond's did... Hacks the one that beat me. Damn it. <laughs> well, he came third, so uh, he's still good job by him. God damn it, Hammond. I gave you one job after defeating me, and that was to just take home the prize in third. I mean, come on, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that essentially wraps us up, Pistol. If you want to give the last little plug... Oh, again, I reiterate, we will be doing another podcast in the next week or so. Um, so it's not technically the last one of the year, but if you just want to go through the socials for the last time of the season... You can find myself at pistol underscore DRSE. You can find JB on Twitter at JB underscore DRSE. And you can find Chizo at Chizo underscore DRSE. Actually, we can't find Chizo. We know where he's gone. Um, so when we, when we find him, we'll let you guys know. It's not a you can find, it's can you please find Chizo. Yes, can you please find Let us know if you bump into him. <laughs> Uh, good show. Um, thank you very much, community, for listening uh, this episode and all year long. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. 